Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back. The uh, self-contained, well, that was terrible. Uh, three, two. Welcome back to the show. The quarantine continues, but the show rolls on. This is Carson Cunningham with a brand new microphone. I hope it sounds better, and I hope it doesn't just completely ruin the show like it has the last few weeks. So, <laughs> Kyle, I appreciate you uh, picking up the load for me. You were carrying me on your shoulders like... <laughs> Big country in 1995, going through like NBA Center after NBA Center. You had you had some great podcasts without me. It's been a it's been a lot of great guests. So I appreciate you picking up the slack for me. It's been fun. People people want to talk. You know, it's it's people always want to talk. People in Oklahoma State world are always most of them are always good about um, making time and 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 they kind of get what we're trying to do and where we're coming from. And I don't know if you listened to the Josh holiday one, that one was, he was the most, I think open about everything. Um, he was really good. And it's just, it's so, I think we think of these coaches and athletes and administrators as, you know, we see them on TV. So I think fans and, and you and I sometimes see them as elevated. And then this, this, uh, this pandemic hits, and this is true everywhere. Everybody's just, kind of fighting the same thing. So it's really interesting to kind of hear everybody be on the same page with some of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all stir crazy and gosh, I, I hate it for Josh holiday. I mean, they had so many great things planned with the new stadium close or opening and closing of Ali Pete Reynolds. I mean, George W. Bush was going to throw out like the first pitch. Like they had so many great events planned for OSU baseball and the momentum behind that program is just is is the highest it's been in a long time so i hate that for him and obviously there's bigger issues in the world right now but it's been good to get his perspective it's been good to hear from joey graham since we just did that rewatchables on that game and uh we might have to do another rewatchables kyle now that i'm thinking about it what game do you want to do i don't know I, to me i think it would be interesting to go back to that one of those games in the 95 final four run just because that was so long ago like you and i were so young when that happened like i was in fifth grade yeah and I'd already forgotten so many details about the the St. Joe's game that I don't even. It's not that I've forgotten these details. I probably didn't even remember them in the first place. It was so long ago with Big Country and that run. You just remember bits and pieces and the backboard breaking and all that. But it'd be kind of fun, I think, to maybe watch them go up against Tim Duncan or, or Marcus Camby. Maybe one of those, or maybe the. You already rewatched the uh, the Doug and Desmond two thousand. They went down to of a depressing game but uh, you know we can't do all wins i guess yeah the four to one is tough i we got a uh, request the other day for the the durant game which would be just crazy to go back and i i actually did go back and rewatch that and i did kind of a running diary on it i think that was this summer and my big takeaway from that was james on was like nba good like he'd be a, he would he would fit in the nba in 2020 in a way that maybe he didn't in 2007 uh, Tyler Hatch for the Dion Waiters Award for biggest heat check. <laughs> Game of his life. I think it, I think Bogan might get the biggest heat check with that with that or well, uh, or or uh, Byron Eaton. What a game! I mean, that was Bogan, crazy. 
Bogan definitely won the game, but uh, biggest heat check from a reserve was Tyler Hatch with the the Jersey Shore Poly D haircut, just just raining it on Durant. Yeah, it was it was sick. That, uh, that game was nuts. That, that would be a really good one. There's so much to unpack with that. Yeah, and you got the KD legacy, and just DJ Augustine was really good. James Allen was the best player on the floor though for a lot of that game. Um, okay, I don't we got that. we got uh, you don't remember that. I don't remember James on being such a big factor in that. Oh, he was unbelievable. I think he had like, I think he had like twenty-eight or thirty or something like that, and a lot of it was in the first half. And he was so—I mean, he—he he looked like a pro. And I mean, so did Durant, obviously, because he—he was one of the twenty-five best players of all time or whatever. But. If you would, if you just showed somebody that game, and you're like, "Is this guy? Did he have a career in the NBA or not?" You'd be like, "Yeah, he definitely had a career in the NBA." And I guess technically he did. He played one minute for the Bulls, but <laughs> he was he was pretty awesome on that team. Yeah. Okay, Carson, we've got a lot to talk about in a short amount of time because it is. It's Masters question mark week. It's usually Masters week, and this year it's Masters kind of week. But I've got a lot going on with golf right now, so we're going to squeeze in a couple topics here. Uh, this week's, or today's podcast, I guess, is brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. We, Carson, you and I had and have some good guests lined up for this week. A couple fell through today. We're going to try to get to them later in the week. We've got a lot of fun pods lined up for this week. But before we get to those guests later on, I, I think we need to talk about just obviously the biggest news in, in OSU world right now, which is Eddie Sutton, the hall of fame. What was your reaction on Friday? Whenever you found out, I was shocked. I mean, I was really, really surprised and obviously pleasantly surprised. You know, the report came down from, from Bill Hasten, Tulsa world and huge get by him. And I just, I just didn't think it was going to happen. Kyle, I just, I had given up hope. I had a lot of hope last year with the Final Four. Um, you know, Sean Sutton was there with Texas Tech. The stars appeared to be aligning last year, and the rug got pulled out again. So when that happened, I was just said, "Never again." I'm not. I'm not getting my hopes up on this. Uh, I was so happy for for Eddie and his family, specifically his sons, who is you know Sean and Scott have have endured so much with this. I think they, you know, they. It's just such a tough time too, Kyle. That's where I'm I'm still a little bitter about how long it took because it's during a pandemic. They can't even uh, Eddie's sons can't even hug him. You know, they have to stay away from him and he's Eddie can't speak at this point. His health is really in decline. So it's it's a great moment. I'm glad Eddie was alive to see it. I just I'm and I think I think Sean and Scott have been very classy about it in their acceptance of the of the of the news. But they're they're classier than I am. I, I I'm still bitter about how long it took. But but ultimately, Kyle, I'm I'm pleased and, and pleasantly surprised and, and obviously happy for the Sutton family. Yeah, for sure. I, it's almost a this is this is gonna sound strange. It's almost a worse look for the for the committee because it's like oh so because there's a pandemic now you're voting him in like what what is the re like why the seventh time and not the previous six like it, it it just it makes them it makes them look even more like vindictive or like there was a grudge there or something it's it's really strange and I'm with you you know I think Scott said this to I think it was the Oklahoman 
I think it was Barry Trammell at the end of last week about how, look, I really would have, I can't, it might not have been Scott. It was one of the sons that said, I, I wish it would have been five years earlier because Eddie's acceptance speech into the hall of fame would have been really good and really cool to hear. And now with the state that he's in, in terms of his health, you're just not going to get, you're not going to get that. And that is, I think there, I think, yeah, sure. There's, there's some bitterness there all the way around because you're like, come on, like what, why could we not have done this five years ago? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Yeah. I mean, I'm like you too. Like what changed from, from this year versus last, is it because of the pandemic or did some of the backlash from last year have an effect? Did, did Chris Beard coming out and just destroying the committee to shreds every chance he got saying it's wrong that he said, there's no one in the hall of fame that deserves to be in there more than Eddie, you know, Bill self, when he was inducted said, I feel a little embarrassed to be doing this. And Eddie hasn't, like maybe maybe the pressure finally got to them there to where they realized they couldn't even keep up this hypocrisy. I'm not sure. And I, I think I, my working theory has always been, you know, because I get asked all the time, Kyle, like, why? Like, why? Like Jim Beheim, Jim Calhoun, Jerry Tarkanian, all these coaches that are in who have similar resumes also had probation issues with the NCAA. They also had their – like John Calipari got wins taken away. He got banners taken down at Memphis, and he's in the Hall of Fame. But yet it, it just felt, felt like Eddie was the only one being punished. Yeah. And my working theory on that has always been, and I have no reason or I have no evidence to support this. This is just my – the only thing I can come up with really for in terms of logic <laughs> is that I think there was a heavy Kentucky influence on the committee. I don't know who, but I think they probably held the most weight in that room. And I think they're just butthurt that Eddie got big, bad Kentucky put on probation once upon a time. <laughs> and they were influencing the room to say, hell no, this guy didn't belong in. And maybe they even used some of the, maybe they used the DUI stuff that happened towards the end of his tenure at Oklahoma State to even justify their their uh, their hate for Eddie. I don't know. But it, to me, it made no sense in the beginning. And I'm glad it finally happened. But again, I'm I'm very bitter and I think it's a disgrace that it took this long and that and to me it's sad like you like you said like 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 Scott Sutton said it's it's sad that Eddie can't get up there and we all know Eddie was great at at telling stories like how many great stories would he got up there and told I mean yeah. I grew up listening to the, the Eddie Sutton post game show where it was just basically him and Bill Teagan's sounded like they were just sitting at the bar chatting about the game and it was so fun to listen to so that that's a real crime I got a question for you and this is going to sound I'm hesitant to even say it because people are going to get frustrated or angry or whatever, but better. This is just, I just thought of this just off the cuff, whatever better college coaching career, Brad Stevens or Eddie Sutton. Not even close. Okay. Like in what, in what way would Stevens even have a, have an argument? Well, I, I guess my point is, I think that the argument for Eddie is the longevity, right? So he started his coaching career. His, his coaching career has basically spanned Scott Sutton's entire life, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> or it, it, it did span until he retired in whatever, 2008 or nine, it, which is just insane to think about. And, and I think when you look at the longevity and you start adding stuff up, uh, 
it makes sense. He's in the top 10 all time in wins. That is, that's meaningful. Like to endure for that long is incredibly meaningful. But I think in terms of just the, um, if you're looking at like just the, the, the per 36, for example, like that, that's a, that's a bad way to phrase this, but just the, the shortened, um, period of time. I think somebody like Stevens has has more arguments going to going to the final four, playing for the title game, and and, and the and the records that he set at a place like Butler in such a short period of time. And I guess the real question is: Do you value longevity or do you value brevity? But probably at a higher level. Yeah, I mean, obviously Eddie coached longer, but I mean, three final fours. That's more than. The, the two that Stevens had. And again, Stevens chose to leave the college games. So that's where his resume stops. Uh, nine conference championships, two-time AP National Coach of the Year, eight-time Conference Coach of the Year. Like, Eddie Sutton's resume is is unimpeachable. It's glistening. It's And again, I to me, it's, it's less about the longevity and the 800 wins for me with Eddie as it is his pure coaching ability. And obviously he got the results with the, I mean, this guy made the tournament like practically every year and, and all, and almost always won his first game. I mean, his first two years at Oklahoma state, you know, most coaches, when they take over a team, it's because they haven't been winning. That was clearly the case under Leonard Hamilton. He goes to back to back sweet 16, his first two years like that, like that's a hall of famer. And for me, it's always been just the level of success he sustained throughout that time. Obviously he coached a long time, but his fastball, was as good as any fastball that, that college games ever seen. And I think, I think it's important too, Kyle, to listen to his peers, like, like a guy like Chris Beard, who was there in, in the middle of it, coaching at Texas tech as an assistant coach. He knew how hard it was to coach against Eddie Sutton. Like yeah. he knows how good of a coach Eddie is because he had to solve problems that Eddie would present to him. And he knew that he wasn't, he, he knew he wasn't going to solve those problems because Eddie was a mastermind. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I'm glad he got his due, and I do think there is one silver lining, if you want to call it that, that there's lit- there was literally nothing going on. I know. And so, like, everyone was talking about Eddie, so maybe that's, like, the silver lining in all of this, that he had to wait this long, and his health's in decline, and his, and his dang sons can't even hug the guy because of the coronavirus. But uh, that was positive because it was all over the, all over social media. Yeah, and I think, you know, you see the – the outpouring from guys like Gottlieb and, and Desmond Mason and Brian Montanani and, and different guys like that. I went back and read some stuff on Eddie. The, the Tulsa world has this good article, like five, something like five guys whose careers he changed or something like that. It's from like 2011, but Tony, Tony Allen's in there. Desmond's in there. And Desmond told this great story about when he was a freshman, him and Keontae Roberts got into it which I forgot that him and Keontae Roberts played together, but Eddie said something like, and, and Desmond was like, it was kind of, kind of Keontae's fault. Like he kind of came at me <laughs> and he said that Eddie told him, look, you haven't done anything. You're a freshman. Keontae's actually done something in college. And, uh, so he basically like took the upperclassmen side, but Desmond was just talking about like how much, that effect, like just that one thing kind of affected him. And I think you hear that from a lot of guys, just it, was it about like X's and O's and basketball for sure. Like he was really good at that stuff, but he was also good at the, I think just the, the, the confidence side, the mental side. 
um, and, and figuring out how to mesh teams together. I mean, that's what, that's what Joey Graham told us a couple weeks ago, uh, or told me a couple weeks ago was you had guys from everywhere. Like you had, t- you had Tony Allen from Chicago. You had James on who was supposed to go to North Carolina. You had all these guys from all, I mean, Daniel Bobick, who, who was a Mormon, like he had all these guys from all over and Eddie was like, okay, let's figure out how to make this work. And he was so good at it for such a long time. And I think that's where, I think that's where the appreciation for what he did comes in. And that's a high degree of difficulty too. Like how, how many junior college guys that he would br- bring in that would almost immediately be ready to play and, and play in his system. He made that look seamless. And one thing I'll always remember is going to games with my dad and old Gallagher and you'd see a freshman named Desmond Mason walk, walk in. My dad kind of lean over and go, okay, this kid's a really athletic freshman and he's got a lot of potential, but you know, Eddie kind of needs to, to mold him into more of a basketball player. And then you see Desmond Mason as a senior, he's got like the all around NBA game, first round draft pick. Obviously Desmond had that ability but Eddie got it out of them. I remember Fred Yonzian showing up as a freshman. My dad was like, this is a European guy. He's pretty good. He's he's really raw. Did your dad what, have a recruiting site back then? I don't know. Like I, I've just, I'm thinking about that as I'm talking. I think he obviously probably just read the Oklahoman and they would do a, you know, they would obviously probably do articles about, you know, the, the incoming players and stuff. So he, my dad was well read. He, he, he knew, he knew more about the players and would kind of let me know what was going on. You know, I was, I was so young. But, uh, you know, Eddie always, you just, you waited for Eddie to get his paws on these young guys and, and see the players they became. And one thing I brought up on the Rewatchables podcast, Kyle, how reassuring was it? Oh, she would have a bad first half. And me and my dad and everyone on our row, we were friends with everyone on our row. We would all kind of look around, okay, Eddie's going to sort this out at halftime. He's going to solve that problem, that problem, and that problem. And then they just come out in the second half and blow him away. That's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Because, you knew you had the advantage going to halftime with Eddie Sutton. That's the, probably the highest praise I can give him as a basketball coach. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, okay, I got to get rolling here in a second. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and we'll come back and wrap things up with our final thoughts on Eddie Sutton going into the Hall of Fame. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. What uh, what final thoughts do you have? I, you know, I, real quick. I thought it was kind of cool that it's that it's Kobe, Tim Duncan, and uh, KG. Like, I, I I don't know. Maybe that's not cool, but to me, it was it was cool. And and the symmetry there of Oklahoma State beating uh, Wake Forest in 1995, taking down Tim Duncan. That's one of the that's one of my in terms of like games that I remember that Eddie Sutton coached. That's that's up there, you know. And so for him to go in at the same time as as uh, Timmy D was kind of cool. Yeah, good symmetry there. Uh, kind of comes full circle, and uh, I'm sure Sean will will speak on Sean or Sky will speak on Eddie's behalf. And I, they they have to bring up the win over Wake Forest just to needle Tim a little bit. But it, it kind of shows you Kyle the influence the NBA has on the Hall of Fame. So many NBA guys are going to go in every year. And but yeah, I, I guess my final thought is it's about damn time. 
Eddie deserves it. He deserved it long ago, but at least the right thing was done. As bitter as I am about how long <laughs> it took and, and the, the stakes that, that are right now, I'm happy that I'm, I'm, I'm pleased Eddie got to see it with his own two eyes. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope the, uh, I hope the Eddie Sutton documentary, you know, we were talking about that a little bit over the weekend. I hope it gets a little, whatever momentum it needs to be able to be released somewhere. You know, I know that they've been working on that for a while, but I think that would be a cool kind of a nice, like closing the book on this whole chapter of, I mean, look, like this is one of my deals is this has been going on for a while, like a decade. And so every year it's like groundhog day. It's like, okay, you know, Gottlieb's going to tweet something. Bill Haston's going to write something. <laughs> and then we're all going to talk about it for four days. And then we're going to do the same thing next year. It's going to be nice next year to be like, hey, guess what? Eddie's in the Hall of Fame. And that's that's the that's the whole conversation. Instead, we don't have to put the hashtag put Eddie in. We can just, when the, when it comes around from, from now on, we'll just put the hashtag Eddie is in. <laughs> Eddie, yeah, Eddie was put in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's good. So, uh, okay, we'll be back later in the week. We've got some fun guests. We've got. I, I'm hesitant to give names out because we had a couple that fell through today. One was our fault, and another the timing didn't work out. But we are going to try to have uh, Courtney Bay on. She is the. Uh, I don't know her actual title. I I need to look that up. But she she basically runs some of the multimedia stuff for Oklahoma State and has done videos and photography photography for the basketball team so i think everybody or a lot of people saw that video that came out about the seniors after the season was over she made that and it's really good and she did a great job and i kind of just want to talk to her about the work that she's done and what it's like to kind of put some of that stuff together so she's on deck Uh, i believe we've got okc dave later in the week we've got a few former basketball players that we're trying to work out times with and uh yeah it'll be another fun week of podcast carson Sounds good. Okay, we'll talk soon.